Hello and welcome to another episode of the Jock Goal Podcast. On today's episode, we are joined by former Toronto Wolfpack player and current Cast Tigers player. It's the man himself, Gareth O'Brien. Welcome to the podcast, mate. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for thanks for having me. It's good to be on. Definitely, mate. Uh, so before we start the podcast, uh, how was your game with the Tigers uh, on the weekend? Um, unfortunately, we were on the, the wrong end of the result. Um, it was a tough. It was a tough game. Every every game against Wigan is. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, we, we were disappointed. Disappointed with how we went. To be honest, uh, had a you know a real good chat and. Uh, really good look at ourselves after the game, and um, you know, thankfully in our sport, we've got uh, the next game is never never too far away. So we've got um, Salford on Thursday, which is a must-win, yeah. uh, especially with this condensed season. And um, not sure how many games we've got left. Maybe twelve, I think, uh, twenty-two rounds. Like so that. yeah, we can't can't really afford to to lose many more if you want to push for that top four. So um, all all the focus is on Salford Thursday. Exactly. So uh, it's good to see you back out on the field, and uh, you're looking good in the cast colours. Uh, so without wasting more, any more time, let's begin. Uh, so I'm going to ask you the same question which you ask most players who come on the podcast. Uh, at what age, um, when you're growing up, did rugby league come into your life? At what age? Wow. Uh, I was. I'm going to say I started playing at five. So okay. Um, I presume uh, I was. It was my dad who, my dad's from Widness, so yeah. it was my dad who definitely, definitely got me into the game. Um, so I was probably less than five years old before I'd actually, you know, seen a game and and watched watched it um, watched it live. He, he used to take me to to Widness. We were a very successful team. Um, yeah. Back in the day, you know, um, obviously they're back in the championship at the minute, um, mm-hmm. looking to get back to where you know their fans probably. Uh, believe they should be in the Super League and they've had some success there recently as well so um, yeah I was I was a young kid I was five years old um, enjoyed what I was what I was looking at and you know wanted to give it a go and see how far I could go Was it when you first saw the sport uh, was at that young age you already knew you were destined to be a rugby player or did that come later on? <laughs> um, I think as a kid at that age you probably just um, you look at mm-hmm. it as like you know something that you want to play and you want to enjoy and you want to be part of a team and just just doing something you love with uh, uh, a bunch of lads at the same age um, they're just going out to, to have some fun um, yeah and then uh, you know the older you get um, you know it, it starts to become you know a bit more serious and um, you get you get a gauge of you know how how good you are and um, it's only then. I'd probably suggest that you know um, maybe I can have a career out of this if I if I work hard and you know make the sex faces and need to to uh, to be a professional. So uh, at that age, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was it was there and then, but um, I definitely loved loved playing. There's no doubt. Okay, so obviously growing up around the Witness Warrington area, where rugby league is uh, one of the biggest sports, um, yeah. you of course came through the Warrington Academy. Was it when you climbed in the ranks mm-hmm. of the academy that you knew you could make a living out of playing rugby league, or like I said before, did you know from when you first fell in love with the game that that was what you were destined to do? 
Um, I suppose when when you get to you know that age of fifteen, sixteen, um, and you've got you know an, an academy like like Warrington that are, yeah. are interested or want you bring want to bring you onto their books that you know you've obviously got some sort of raw talent there. Like you, I don't think you'd be um, asked onto some sort of program like that if you didn't have some sort of talent. But yeah, um, I strongly believe that you know talent only gets you so far. So you you got to have the right attitude. You got to prepare yourself. Uh, and you've got to put the work in, it's like anything, if you want to be successful. Yeah. Uh, you've got to work at it, you've got to practice. Um, and I like to think I, I've I've done that, you know, I've, I'm happy with how I've, or where I've got to. I never, I, I, I'll be honest, I thought, you know, if I, if I make it, it'll be, that'll be brilliant. But um, I wasn't going to, it wasn't all like the be all and end all um, for me. Um, yeah. Although I must admit, like I never, I also had this confidence, but not arrogance, and in, in, that I felt inside that I, I would, I would make it one day. And um, you know, thankfully, I've, I've had a. I'm proud of the proud of the career I've had. Um, yeah. Not quite made it to the international stage, um, but you know that's that's another step above. Um, try not to put too put too much pressure on myself. I'm my, my own worst critic, so um, just try and go out. Uh, I'm 28 now and enjoy myself yeah. and um, just see it as, as what it is. It's a job and I love doing it, so I want to try and do it for as long as I can. Definitely. And growing up, were there any other sports that caught your attention? Um, I played played a bit of football, uh, as probably most most kids do coming through school. That's just again like a just a, probably something that most of your mates do rather than like rugby league sort of. Yeah. Um, seconds when it comes to football I think so I was half decent footballer like it was just that was just an enjoyment thing played played a bit for school played a, a bit for Crossfields amateur football team yeah um but then I got to an age where you know it was kind of I was playing both and I sort of had to choose which path I wanted to go down and I thought I've probably got a a better chance of making it um, as a professional rugby league player because it's not as competitive as football is um and really, I, I, deep down, I did, I did enjoy. It. I liked rugby league a, little, a, a lot better. So, um, a bit of football growing up. Uh, I play a lot of golf now. Uh, took that up when I was about fourteen. Okay. Um, so that's like my sort of to get away from the game and yeah. and to chill out. Uh, I play a bit of golf, so managed to get myself to a six handicap. So I'm I'm an half decent golfer <laughs> as well. <laughs> Uh, do you think if you put your mind to it, you could have become a professional football player? Um, who knows? I I don't think I was good enough. It was just uh, <laughs> uh, football's another another you know world apart. Yeah. Um, you get people that say, "Oh, you could have you could have made it doing this, you could have made it doing that." But um, no, I didn't. I didn't see it like that. I, there was a lot more lads that were a lot more talented, uh, better footballers than me. Um, in my age group, um, yeah. so didn't see it as that. I just saw it as like you know something to do with the mates that I enjoyed. Okay, so you made your Challenge Cup debut for Warrington in a huge uh, eighty to nil victory over Kayla Cougars, I believe. Um, what was it like yeah. to be a part of such a huge victory and also score a try on your debut for the Wolves? Yeah, it was massive. I think that was my my first senior senior game. Um, Obviously, I was very, very nervous. Um, 
I think we played at the Hanel Jones as well uh, in the cup. So yeah, just wanted to try and have a positive start to my you know my first team's career, and you know we run out eighty-two nil winners, so can't can't get much better. And to get over the trial line was was awesome as well. I think it was nineteen at the time. So yeah, um, yeah. Don't don't remember too much of the game, but obviously I remember the try and yeah, um, being part of it. So yeah, definitely. Definitely one for the, the scrapbook, that. Definitely. So you made your Super League debut uh, against current club Castleford, uh, where you steered yeah. the Wolves to an impressive 62-0 win. Uh, by this point, had the pressure of performing at Super League standard faded away after two emphatic wins? Um, no, definitely not. <laughs> it was. Uh, I think it was the week after my my uh, the cup game that I played. Um, and Tony Smith, uh, at the time, he informed me quite early on in the week um yeah. he usually named his team a lot a lot later on in the week but he he told me early on in the week that i'd be i'd be starting at halfback so i could um mentally prepare it wasn't just mm -hmm. such like a shock um which i wasn't expecting it to be honest i was you know i was happy with the way i played uh the week before i thought you know that's a good start um the boys are back in super league this week yeah um it'll be good to get to the game and watch and you know, hopefully, um, if I keep playing how I have been, I'll, I'll get a chance. But, and, you know, I didn't know that my chance would come that quick the next week. So, mm. um, very excited. I think it was on Sky as well. Um, so that added to a bit of the, the nerves and the and the pressure. Um, yeah. But, yeah, again, couldn't, couldn't ask for much more. 62 nil, and I think I opened the, the game with a try myself, so... Super League debut, um, sorry, yeah, first team debut, score, Super League debut, score, um, and we didn't concede any points, so I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't, stood, I wasn't stood behind the sticks for any amount of time. Mm -hmm. um, it's funny, it's funny, like, because Danny Orr, uh, who's coach at Castleford at the minute, he mentioned that to me before the Wigan game in the warm-up. That was, that was weird that that's come up. Um, okay. He remembers, remembers me throwing a dummy. And I think he was the one that took it and ended up going through and scoring on him. So <laughs> we had a bit of a laugh about that. Uh, okay. So, yeah. That's good. Uh, so when playing for the Wolves, uh, quite a few believe you to be the permanent long-time replacement for Lee Brears. Uh, being compared to such an iconic figure of the game uh, like Brears at such a young age must have been something uh, any player would have dreamed of. Uh, was it hard trying yeah. to play up to many fans' expectations at such a young age? Um... I'd, I'd heard that, yeah. I think it was more stuff that had been written on the internet than, um, you know, I don't know, actual people actually thinking it maybe. I, yeah. don't, I don't know. Um, but I was, you know, made my made my, my debut in, in the Super League and had a, had a decent game. Um, and, you know, I think it was the, the very next week again in the Cup uh, against winning that end up um, having a, a serious knee injury that put me yeah. off for nine months, so it was like a on top of the world moment, and then you mm. come crashing back down to reality that you know this this sport isn't all uh, rainbows and, uh, and and smooth sailing. So um, it was a, a bit of a setback, but I was I was only nineteen at the time, and uh, I came back uh, relatively quickly from that, and I've had no yeah. issues since. So. 
Um, yeah, it was just, it, Warrington. You know, they're, they're still a world class side. So uh, you know, coming through, um, Brazy was there. We had uh, Richie Myler, yeah, uh, Michael mm-hmm. Mohan, Brett Hodgson, Matt like the list of players. It was a world class side. So mm-hmm. to cement a spot in in that team was was always going to be difficult for a a young lad. Um, yeah, don't get me wrong. I had I had chances and I had I had good game time. Um, can't remember what year it was, but I had a, you know, a really good uh, year uh, run of games. Yeah, and ended up, you know, signing a, a a good contract extension that I was I was really proud of. Um, but you know, for for whatever reasons, it, it, I ended up in and out of the team after that, and it got to a stage where I was, I think, twenty two. Um, yeah. Where as a halfback, I think I needed I needed to be playing every like week in week out. Yeah. Um, Tony Smith, to his credit, he he knew that himself, and he pulled me to his side and said, um, "Guys, we'd love you to stay, um, but this is this is the this is me being honest with you. You would probably in the next year be uh, in reserve to Richie and Brazy. Yeah, and you know that's a fantastic option for us to have, but for your career, it's probably not what you need right now. So if you mm-hmm. can." Uh, go find another club where you're going to have regular rugby, then um, we won't obviously stand in your way of uh, of pursuing that. Um, and I was I was gutted to that because you know I'm a Warrington lad, um, yeah. and I just want I, I wanted to be at Warrington for my entire career. Um, probably naively thought that would yeah. happen, um, so I was a little bit disappointed. It was sort of like a little step back. In my head as well, but spoke to my my family of like being so supportive throughout my my whole career. Yeah. Um, and they just thought, you know, that it's time to to move on. And that's when I signed for Salford Red Devils. Yeah. Um, and Ian Watson was was very good. I'd, I'd played Watto at Swinton, and I'd met up with him and Tim Sheens, who was there at the time, and uh, they were very keen to have me in that. You know, as a young, youngest kid, youngest halfback is, you know, having the confidence from your coach instilled in you is massive. So, um, I was really happy to sign for them and, you know, progress to this uh, next chapter in my career. Yeah. So, like you mentioned, you were involved in uh, the huge win over Swinton Lions, uh, and shortly yeah. after were injured uh, and un- yeah. unable to play the rest of the season. How does an injury such as yours affect? Uh, a young player's mindset towards the game and their ability to progress uh, and extend their knowledge of the game. Um, as a, uh, yeah, as a, like being injuries are just part of it, uh, part of the game. Um, you know, touch wood. I have um, I've been very fortunate actually. Yeah. Um, I've had my fair share of concussions. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> um, which is I think is quite well known about. But um, as far as serious. Joint injuries, which are probably most common in the sport, like knees and shoulders and ankles. I've been, I've been very lucky. I've had my um, knee and my I dislocated my shoulder, which was yeah. my two, my two main injuries. But they both happened in my early twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, as I say, as a as a kid, it's it's you're disappointed and you know you just want to be out playing. But uh, the medical staff and your teammates and 
your family are all are all first class and you you know you at the time of your injury you're probably not going to be on your own you know there's other boys that are injured at the same time that are perhaps going through exactly the same injury or you know yeah. a, a certain spell on the sidelines so you kind of get you get each other through it through your rehab um through the weeks of you know repetitive stuff and probably training by yourself sometimes as well yeah um so it can be tough but it does like you said it gives you time to watch the game um observe more uh and really uh you just got to do what you can obviously um do what you can in the gym and on the field mm. um Depending on what what injury you've got, so yeah. Um, as I say, it's part of the sport. You you've got to be strong, but the, you know the people around you are massive, and they 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 get you through it. You're always gonna come back fitter and and stronger than before. And that's what you got to believe. Definitely. So from 2012 onwards, you learned out to multiple clubs such as Witness, uh, Cass, and the Saints. Um, would yeah. you say being loaned out as a younger player affects one's attitude towards the game? Um, I, I I'd say you know what it's it's it was really beneficial to me because um, okay. you sort of out of your comfort zone. Um, yeah. You go into a a brand new club for probably a short amount of time, probably usually like a month, mm. uh, sometimes a bit longer. Um, so you're meeting a brand new set of, a brand new set of boys that you've got to gel with and um, form them. Uh, cohesions with very quickly. Um, mm. so you probably get told the day before that you're going on loan and that you're training the next day. And then you've got a game probably four or five days later, so you've got to you've got to pick up things very quickly. Um, yeah. And you've got to get obviously the, the relationship with their coach. You've got to you've got to build that very quickly as well. So everything's a lot under mile an hour. Um, yeah. But obviously, at the end of the week, we all do the same thing and play a game. So. Um, I think going on loan to you know the multiple clubs and getting to know their sort of cultures and the way they play has only you know helped me as a person yeah. um, grow and as a player as well. So um, very grateful actually that you know I've, I've had the opportunity to play at various clubs and you know I'm back at back at Castleford now on loan again. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many times I've been on, on loan actually. <laughs> it's, it's probably quite a lot, um, mm. but. No, every team's the same. Every 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 set of boys is is very welcoming, and you you form friendships very quickly. Um, it's good. Okay, so I had Matthew Davis on the podcast not so long ago, and he told me that he's not a fan of the dual registration concept. Uh, as you're training yeah. with one team and playing with a separate one, would you say the loan system yeah. is better for a player compared to the dual reg deal? Uh, yeah, I'd probably agree with Matty there. Um, I've been part okay. of that dual reg system as well with Borrington and Swinton um, yeah so it can it can be hard to get some sort of consistency within your own game um, when you're training with train, training with your parent club um, and then potentially going to the dual red club of a night um, where they are maybe coached differently or their systems are quite different to what you're used to um, playing at your parent club so then you you caught up in two minds well, well do I uh, stick with what my parent club's teaching me, or do I go with what um, you know my loan yeah. club is? Uh, they go with their system. So I, I agree with Matty. It's it can be 
quite frustrating when you're going, especially if you're bouncing back back and forth and playing for one team and then another. You're getting no sort of consistency. So mm. at least with a loan, you know you've got four weeks minimum. Yeah. Um, and you know where you are, you know where you're at, you know where you're um, where you're going to be playing. Um, so I mean, I mean, I I was lucky to come through an academy where we had 18s um, and 21s at the time, and then it went through 18s and 20s. And I've mm. I've come through a system where if you're not playing first team, you're playing for a reserve team or a, an academy okay. uh, against another academy or reserve team. And I had a real sort of clear pathway to you know reaching first team rugby. So the young lads that are coming through now don't really have that um, sort of clear route, which mm. I think can be you know quite challenging. So uh, I'm I'm always for an academy rather than a, a dual red system. I'll probably agree with Matty there. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you were at the Wolves until 2015. Uh, when it got to the time of leaving Warrington, was it because you were unhappy at the club um, and Salford was a better place for you, or like you said, was it? Uh, the coach that believed they didn't need you at the club anymore and it would be better for you to leave? Yeah, it was sort of a... It was more of a mutual thing, I think. Um, okay. Tony Smith was very... As I said before, he was very honest and upfront um, mm-hmm. and felt for my career I needed to be playing week in, week out. And um, he was honest in saying, you know, you're not going to be first choice here. Um which is, as a player you don't want to hear, but uh, I've got to respect his uh, honesty and uh, the way he's, he's dealing with things. Um, mm. So I thought that for myself and my career, I need to. Uh, I agree with him. I need to. I need to be playing um, week in week out if I want to yeah. progress and get better. So yeah, it was it was a mutual thing. There was no no hard feelings whatsoever. They didn't leave on bad terms or anything like that, which which I think is important because yeah. You can always, you know, you never know further down the line. You could, you could end up returning to the the same club. So, um, I've always felt it's important not to burn bridges. You've got to be professional, even though you may not agree with what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my case, it was it was a mutual thing. We both decided it was the right thing to do, and um, very thankful that uh, it did happen because, you know, Salford, uh, I think, was a, a catalyst to. Uh, the player that I've become now. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it all it all worked out. Definitely. Were there any other teams uh, interested uh, on your signature? Um, at the time, you know what? I can't remember. Um, okay. Yeah, in all honesty, I can't remember. Um, so, I don't know if it was if it was just Salford at the time. Maybe, maybe wouldn't I'm I'm, I'm mm. not. I would be speculating now because I've, I've just been on loan there, so I'm not. I'm not too sure, but I ended up uh, deciding to sign for Salford. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so yeah. your time with the Red Devils was, of course, very successful. Uh, you scored the winning drop goal to help Salford uh, keep that Super League status. How did it feel after scoring such an amazing drop goal uh, and winning the million pound game? Yeah, it was a it was a surreal game, a surreal season. Um, because if you look back on the season, we um, we finished with enough points to finish eighth uh, mm. without the points deduction. <clears throat> and the whole salary cap saga was nothing to do with that current squad. It was, you know, a past team. So we went through a lot of adversity that year and found ourselves in a, a million-pound game that us as players didn't think we believed or we deserved to be in. Yeah. And to be eight points down with two minutes left. Um, 
I think even as players knew, you know, this is this isn't looking good. This um, yeah, but uh, the, the success of that, like it, it was, it was every single one to nineteen. Like I, you know, I, I put the the winning the winning drop goal over uh, and whatnot. But um, you know, the the tries leading up to that to get us level, the things that Josh Griffin Josh Griffin did to yeah. set Nile up in the corner and make that break, like. It, it, without him doing that, there's no no chance we we win that game. So he, in my eyes, he was he was the real uh, hero of that game. Yeah. Um, I was luckily enough to just bang a drop all over, which was mm. you know one in a hundred attempts. Um, yeah. So absolutely surreal game. Um, I don't remember much after after it. To be honest, it was all sort mm. of blur. Obviously, very late, very relieved that it was all over and. We could just sit back on that coach journey and have a beer and just just think about like what had actually happened. Um, and we we celebrated um, for a couple of days and just sort of yeah look back and still do now actually like you can't believe mm. it actually went that way but it was yeah. uh, definitely a special day yeah. Definitely. So you're an established fullback over recent years, but uh, you started in the halves, of course. How do the two roles yeah. compare in skills and getting through the game? Um, the, you know what the, the role of the fullback now? It's it, I think it's evolved um, over the last probably five, <laughs> five six years. Um, it's a lot more of a, a pivotal role now. I think. It, yeah. It's almost like you, you're playing with a third third halfback, which you know I. In my early career, and you know, coming through the academy in, in my early twenties, I was predominantly playing halfback. Um, mm-hmm. I was assaulted that I made that switch to to the fullback position. Um, yeah. I enjoyed both positions. I, I know I'd, I've had to learn uh, the roles of a fullback um, and the you know the the tactics involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but apart from you know. Uh, the obvious where you know the half defends on the line and the fullback um, is out the line and organising the defence. It's, it's it's a very similar role as yeah. as far as providing or hopefully providing uh, try assists for your for your teammates. So uh, I enjoy both positions. Uh, I must must say I prefer playing at fullback now. Yeah. Uh, don't don't have to do nowhere near as much tackling, mm. <laughs> which is good. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit bit more running, uh, so you got to be fit, but. Um, and say that the fullback the, the positions are very similar now, um, and I think it'll it'll only stay that way uh, the way the game's going and speeding up. So. Definitely. Uh, so after enjoying your time at Salford, you moved to RFL's new child, uh, the Toronto Wolfpack. With you joining the Wolfpack, I presume you're all for the idea of uh, the expansion across sea. Uh, but do you think that RFL and Super League could have taken a more stable route in order to uh, expand the game in the market? Um, I don't know about the whole the, uh, more stable route. I think you know when they proposed that they wanted to have a team from North America and yeah, uh, especially in Toronto, that all the due diligences were were set in place. But mm-hmm. you know that this is financially sustainable and this can actually work. So, um, yeah. and it, it it was doing. You know, no one can predict. A, a global pandemic and, and what's happened. Um, mm. That's definitely what's you know caused the the unrest and the the financial troubles that 
Toronto are going through at the minute. Yeah. Um, but up until then, I, I, you know, it's been nothing but a, a positive, such an enjoyable uh, experience being able to go over there and um, and play the game. Yeah. Uh, and t- tap into a, a different a different sort of audience over there. Mm-hmm. The Canadians love the sport. Toronto yeah. as a city is mad, mad sports city itself. Mm-hmm. They love the contact sport. Um, obviously the ice hockey. You got yeah. the Leafs, the the NBA champions in Toronto Raptors. Yeah. You got a soccer team, Toronto FC. Mm. Um, and you even got a Canadian football uh, football team uh, in the Argonauts, which is yeah. like an NFL but Canada's Canada's mm. version. Yeah, yeah. So it's sport mad, and you know with the Wolfpack. Um, Landing there as well, it's uh, it sort of took off. Um, mm. You can only see that by the, the championship grand final last year, where we had plus ten thousand people. Yeah, yeah. Um, in a in a city that rugby league is like so alien to them, it's it's mm. crazy. So um, yeah, as far as um, other measures being put in place, uh, I, you know, it, it's just this. This unprecedented time that no one could have predicted that um, I think without obviously COVID nineteen that we would have been competing in Super League normally this year and and have been back and forth on a plane yeah um, and we'd have been absolutely fine so mm. uh, it's just an unfortunate thing that the the club's going through at the minute but um, positive that it's going to get resolved uh, soon with uh, new ownership. Yeah, so of course Toronto have pulled out uh, for this season, but if they do regain yeah. their spot in Super League, uh, do you still have plans to carry on your career with the Wolfpack? I do, yeah. I've got um, a two-year uh, two-year contract uh, come November when my loan deal expires with Cass. So uh, we're hoping to you know to find out our what our future holds uh, yeah. very soon. Um, and the things that we're hearing are all positive. So um, it's it's been tough for the you know the the, the my teammates that haven't managed to find another club and mm. they've been without money for uh, God I don't know how many months now three four months maybe I've, it's been so hard definitely um, yeah and, and you know hopefully we're we're seeing a bit of light at the end of the tunnel now and mm-hmm. we can uh, we can get through all this uh, this trouble that we've had. Yeah, I'm confident that we will do. Um, uh, as I say, I'm, yeah, I'll be, I'll be. If if we are in Super League next year, and you know, there's a team, I want to be part of it, and I want to, I want to continue my my career with uh, Toronto for the next at least the next two years anyway. Yeah, definitely. So you've played for multiple clubs throughout your career and played under some of the best coaches in rugby league. Did each coach's uh, play style differ from the rest, and which do you think fit your style of play the most? Oh God, um, that's a good question. Um, yeah, obviously each coach has got their own sort of philosophy in how, in how the game should be played. Um, mm. A lot are very similar, uh, as as opposed in in regards to tactics and how how te- how a team should defend. What's the best way to stop tries? And yeah. What's the best way to create tries? Um, Tim Sheens, for example, he loved the he loved the trick play. Um, mm. a set start scrum or attack um, you know where we can be fully organised and put on this one play that you know maybe a team hasn't seen seen before or defended uh, coming to 
Toronto and under under Brian Mack, his his philosophies, um, especially with the ball, it's a lot more of the unstructured stuff. Um, yeah. Playing off the cuff with offloads and push support and just trying to find a kink in the in the line that you know um, usually isn't there because of structure. Um, yeah, and if you get that right, it, it, he's he's proven that it's, it's very difficult to defend, near, near enough impossible to defend. If you can, if you can, if you can get that right, but it's the balance between not forcing an offload and throwing maybe a pass that uh, isn't on, and you know getting down and playing the ball. Mm-hmm. Whereas other coaches, uh, it's all about structured play and um, you know getting to certain points of the field for this uh, for this specific um, for this specific play to be put on and not unlock yeah. defense defenses. So. Um, yeah, Brian Brian McDermott's um, and Daryl Powell's are probably very different in that respect. So mm. um, I like to to get used to how cast play, and don't get me wrong, it's 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 good knowing and learning. You're constantly learning, even even now. So yeah, um, yeah, coaches definitely have different different spins on things. So it's just a case of learning and you know putting it out there and, um, and doing what we're told really. Definitely. So, like you said, you've joined Cast this year, uh, and you made your debut against the Saints. Uh, although you lost the match, was it good to get back out on the field after five months or so? It was, yeah, definitely. I was um, very nervous before the game. It'd been yeah, five and a half months. Um, it was the longest, longest I would, I think, I've done without a game uh, for a while. I'm trying to think what what do we get in, in off season? That November, December, January, February. Yeah, so it's like going through a, a pre-season, off-season, like yeah. Um, then the first few games, you're very rusty and you're very nervous. But luckily, I was at the Saints. I live in Saints, uh, but we're only five minutes down the road. Um, yeah. But that game was ridiculously fast. Um, it was nil-nil at half-time, so there was there was no tries scored, so you're not having any breaks there. Yeah. Um, the ball didn't seem to be to leave the field of play for I don't know how long. So I was. It was a definitely a thrown into the deep end sort of moment after after mm. five months of, of no game. It was so fast. It was it was crazy um, and intense. It had a sort of a grand final, semi final feeling to it. Yeah. Um, so although we were on the the wrong end of the the result again, I was enjoyed it. Enjoyed the test. Enjoyed the challenge. And I think I think both teams walked off knowing that they they definitely been in the game and it was it was enjoyable. Definitely. So, being a crucial part of the Cast Tigers squad at the moment, what would you say needs to be done to ensure the Tigers make the playoffs this year? Um, we've just got to fix up uh, simple little things that were, you know, uh, that have done us the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, and we know we know what they are. Like it's just just a case of you know sticking together and just putting it right on the field. Um, we're not in any any panic mode. It's you know we've got a lot of games to go, so. Mm. Um, we know what uh, what what we need to do, and we're working hard each and every day to you know to put that right. And um, hopefully on Thursday we, it all comes together and we can we can get a good win. But um, we know the dangers of Salford. Salford are a great attacking team. They've yeah. you know, got to the grand final next year, and they'll be looking to bounce back from the you know the disappointing result against Leeds. So mm. it's a very tough game on Thursday. Definitely. So to finish off the podcast, we'll do some quick fire questions. Uh, so let's get started. Okay. Question one: Who's the toughest player you've come up against? 
Michael McAlorum, he's he's a tough cookie. Um, yeah, definitely. They're probably they're definitely making McAlorum. Yeah. Okay, question two: Would you rather win a Challenge Cup or a Super League Grand Final? Um, Grand Final. Okay, question three: Which member of the cast squad works the hardest in training? Who's the fittest? Or yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. Um, probably Paul McShane. He's always he's always at the front of the the conditioning. So probably Maka. Yeah. Okay. Uh, question four: Out of all the players we've played with, who's the first to have a pint after a match? Who's the first to have a pint? Uh, oh God, Josh McCrone. <laughs> okay. Question five: Which is better, English or Canadian weather? Uh, depends what season. Um, mm. but in the summer, definitely Canadian. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and finally, yeah. question six: Which is harder to tackle, a huge prop or a nippy halfback? No, oh, that's a good question. Um, what's which is harder? I'd probably say a nippy halfback because a prop will just literally pick you out and run straight over you, or try to run straight over you. Yeah. So usually they're easier to chop down than say a bad French who's fast as lightning and changes mm. direction so quickly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so before we finish off the podcast, do you have anything you'd like to say to any of the young listeners who are trying to make it in the world of rugby league? Um, the the best best bit of advice I can give is just um, keep your head down. Um, don't uh, just don't give up. Like have a have a confidence in yourself, but not an arrogance that you know you, that you're gonna make it. Um, yeah, I certainly for one second never thought that I wouldn't, um, and I don't think that was a, a cockiness thing. It was just a, a belief in my own ability that if I work hard. Um, make the right sacrifices, um, attach myself to the right sort of people and listen to my coaches, my family and all the people that want the best for me, then um, that everything will fall into place. So, yeah, that's sort of the best advice I can give. Definitely. And good luck. So, thanks for joining us today, guys. Uh, it's been a pleasure. I look forward to seeing you back out on the pitch soon and I can't wait to see what the tyres can cook up for the remainder of the season. Uh, once again, thanks for joining us today, uh, and I hope to speak to you again soon. Cheers, all the best. Pleasure's been mine, mate. Thanks for having me. Here comes the, here comes the, here comes the, y'all don't really worry like, yeah. Here comes the, here comes the, here comes the, y'all don't really worry like,